Thank you everyone again for joining us on another episode of Prop Sessions. Today we've got a very, very special guest. We have Perry Power, the owner of the award-winning estate agency, um, Power Bespoke, who's helped over 1,500 vendors and done over 250 million worth of property transactions since opening in 2014. And they are rated one of the top 3% agents in the entire country. Um, Perry, thank you for coming on. Pleasure. Do you give like everyone that? I'm really proud actually funny enough clearly you've got that data off our website and i need to update it because i was looking yesterday we were at 330 million of combined property value sold now wow when was the when was the website updated Mm, (laughs) i don't know a year ago maybe Uh, i need to update it you've done almost almost 100 million in yeah that yeah i reckon so well fair play I mean, what's, why is it that you guys, because I speak to so many agents and they're just, they really struggled even to get the first couple of instructions. How is it you guys have sort of taken back to 2014? What was it that you did to start growing the agency from, you know, organic? How did you really get off the ground? Knocked on doors. Door knocking. Yeah, man. Still got it in me. Do you know, I was out door knocking last week. Old really? habit die hard, like. I think the thing is with estate agency, right, is it's the majority of agents have this great idea that they're going to open an agency and charge 0.5% to sell how and leaflet the crap out of areas at half a percent, right? Yeah. So that we've never done that. Our fee has been 2% from day one. We've really? never, you'll never see a piece of marketing from us cutting a deal on our fee. We might yeah. cut deals in the living room, mm-hmm. potentially. I've sold houses for nothing before. I'd rather sell a house for free and get a sold board outside it than yeah. half a percent that sticks with you. So half a percent stays with you, right? So you sell a house. If you realize that you're going to give a great service, whether you charge half a percent or 4%, yeah. you're going to get recommended. Now I'd rather get recommended at 2% than at half a percent. And the half a percent will stick with you for years to come. You'll get a call 10 years later saying, oh, you sold my friend's house. When you're trying to bring your fees up, you know, you've got established, hopefully, and you've got past that crucial point of your business not failing and it's succeeding. Mm. You'll get people ringing you up 10 years later that say, oh, you sold my friend's house for half a percent now. Why is your fees one and a half percent or one percent? So I took the view, rather than do it for nothing get a sold board in the road, leverage the sold board, leverage the sale and get more off the back of that at 2%. But to answer your question, yeah, it was me, a mobile phone, um, wow. my mum's spare bedroom uh, in in her house and a right move account. And here we are. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, from day one, obviously, with you're either doing free just to get the brand awareness or 2%. I speak to agents who are like, they want to charge one, one and a half, two percent but they have sort of the, the belief that they can't because they're only just getting started. They don't have the, the track record. They don't have all of that sort of stuff. How did you overcome that? So I'm guessing people don't wake up. They weren't a car mechanic yesterday and woke up the one day and thought, I'm going to start my own estate agency. They might wait, you know, some people do, but they might wake up and say, I'm going to become an estate agent. So whether there's it's their own company or... They just need to leverage their past success. So I was a good agent for, a, I was running offices for big agencies and um, I leveraged that success. Like in power bespoke. So my average days of market might have been 
16 days, my average percentage of asking price might have been 102% of asking price, my average number of viewings per sale. This was all obviously the run up to me starting my own business. It might have been houses that I sold with another company, but it's houses that I sold. So I leverage people have the mentality, I think, when they start a business that they're all their history is dead because they're now starting a new company. But themselves as an estate agent for the last 10 years or five years, that all matters when more so than they believe when opening their own business. Yeah, 100%. I think what's what's your take on, do you know the agents who sort of come in with, to the sort of self-employed model and they haven't done a state agency before? Do you think the agents should get a job as a negotiator, as, you know, go through all of that, sort of, climb over those hoops and before trying to start? Yeah, why, why learn? Why not learn on someone else's money and time? You know, yes, you're going to you're going to potentially earn less yeah. if you start on your own, but you've got a higher rate of failure, I believe. If you don't, too many people come into the industry thinking it's all lovely TikTok video tours and all this kind of stuff. Like it's brutal, brutal. Yeah. Which is why most most self-employed estate agents aren't actually doing the level of business that they were sold the dream that they were going to do. You know, earn a hundred grand after a year we've got agents on our waiting list that have been self-employed for four years and they're on credit cards now. So you just got to go into it with your eyes wide open. Yeah, 100%. And I was just before the podcast, I was actually researching, you know, going through your content and seeing how often and frequently you post. How important is it for agents now more than ever to start posting their own personal brand and posting content, getting on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook? Um it's important but not the priority okay so what you need to do first is be a bloody good estate agent and that's got nothing to do with tiktok and instagram reels and stuff right being a bloody good estate agent is looking after clients you know getting clients first of all now i know you're going to say well maybe you can get clients from that kind of stuff you can but that shouldn't be the priority a good estate agent has got one house for sale, right? Let's say you get your first house. You're going to attract inquiries on that house from probably 10 potential buyers or 10 inquiries. And then five of those inquiries are going to have a house to sell themselves. If you're not getting your butt in their living room in at least three of those five people's living room to give them advice about selling their house, don't do TikTok videos and reels because you need to become a better, technically better estate agent first and foremost, in my opinion. And that's even before you started doing your Facebook ads and your funnels and your conversions and all this kind of stuff. You've got to, you've got to start with the stuff that costs nothing and it's there slapping you in the face. You've yeah. got to be a, a better converter first. So it's having that solid foundation in place, like having the sort of, doing the organic, making sure you're getting in those living rooms without spending a penny and really sort of leveraging what's out there for free rather than trying to cut corners and, you know, whether it's running Facebook ads but you've got no experience prior and sort of trying to spend money to cut around corners. Is that that what you're saying? Yeah, you've got to spend money to grow. I'm a massive fan of that, but you have to, you have to, you know, set the foundations. You know, there's no point getting loads of Facebook leads or whatever if you can't convert them into advice meetings. Yeah. But that's no different to 
10 buyers on your current database with houses to sell themselves before they can buy and converting those 10 into five appraisals. You need your internal metrics before you start scaling up and doing the cool stuff that looks nice. Like it it looks nice and it's like, oh, look, I'm, I'm getting out there. I've got no houses for sale, but I'm getting out there like door knocking will 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 return you more quicker, immediate return than a real a day because you need to do that for six to seven months, 12 months before you start getting any traction. So, yeah, 100%. So it's all about doing the marketing mix. You know, if you can do your 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 proactive prospecting and you're disciplined with it and this where it comes back to. You know, I'm a simple guy. I left school at 16, straight into full-time wow. work. Like, um, mm. I'm not highly educated at all. But what I'm really good at doing is just being super disciplined, super consistent, and doing the shit I don't really want to do. Yeah. And that, the hard yards. That's estate agency. Yeah, you got to do this. You you, you, you got to knock doors. I still like knocking doors. Like, um, so it's an interesting there's this kind of layer of priorities i think and content creation and output should be on the priority list but it shouldn't be priority number one you need to be getting your foundational you know i'm speaking to 10 buyers coming into my business on houses that i've already got for sale and i can categorically say that i've got a system and process in place to convert five of those 10 into free advice meetings this is where i find it frustrating about agents bitching about right moves cost they're only bitching because they're not converting the buyers with houses to sell into appraisals. Yeah. They want on, you know, right move valuation alerts that go out to 20 agents. Like they're pointless. What you want is to be able to say, right, I've got 10 new buyers this week. Five of them have a house to sell. One of them probably going to buy the house. Happy days. Great. I've sold the house. Now I'm going to get myself in the living room of 50% of those 10 to five. And I'm guaranteed to convert at least two of those, maybe three, because I'm technically good enough because my appraisal to signed agreement conversion is 50%. So if you're at 10%, you've got to get better. If you're at 40%, you've got to get better. Until you're at 50% living room to sign clients, there's no point doing more appraisals. Mm. And what would, so for the agents who are on there, 10, 20, 30% conversion rates. How would you go about improving or how should an agent go about improving that skill? Pre-appraisal process. So 50% of you winning that business or not is done before you knock on the door. And that's what everyone really, really misses. I've touched the clients four times before I've knocked on the door. So I know that I'm more... Uh, familiar with them and they're more familiar with me than any other agent they're meeting because I know most agents are putting it in the diary for next Tuesday at four o'clock and then they're rocking up at next Tuesday at four o'clock I'm speaking to them texting them whatsapping them loom videoing them four times before I meet them and it's like the guy that they know not the guy this random guy at their door Wow. Yeah, so it's sort of it's literally warming up the leads, building the touch points, building the familiarity. Estate agency, right, is the most simplest industry in the world, which is why I love it. Isn't it simplest, not easiest? Big difference there. But yeah, we try and over-engineer stuff because you see people doing this stuff and you think, oh wow, that's amazing. But 
he could be doing all that but not be a very good estate agent like I'm quite lucky in that I got into the industry I was 15 years old part-time full-time on the left school level three qualified by the age of 19 um but I got into it while I was while the internet was kind of taking off yeah I think um what what era am I I'm 35 am I a millennial maybe I think so I think think yeah I think yeah you've got baby boomers I think the year before me I think yeah, yeah, yeah. And Gen and Z is the one is probably your you. is probably think, you. yeah yeah I think I'm a millennial and I think we're in a really lucky position in that you've come into the working world as with tech being everywhere yeah um my mum is still struggling with stuff with tech wise my generation understand the importance of good die-hard technical estate agency service and ability but also the value that tech and processes and automation and stuff can bring mix that that's what we've done very well is we've mixed the two of those things together to be all our agents are certified advanced negotiators but we do we run on salesforce platform for our crm the automations are mind-boggling that we can build in-house ourselves um so yeah I think I think with that, I think my generation specifically is at an extreme disadvantage because what's promoted now on social media, on YouTube and all these platforms is just technology. And they forget about the foundational things that they need. It's the hard work, it's the prospects, and it's messaging 300 people a day, getting in front of people organically rather than this get rich quick that's promoted absolutely everywhere. And I think, as you said, your generation is at an advantage because they've got the best of both worlds. Whereas my generation can only see one side of it and it's leading to a shitstorm. What's really interesting that you just said there to prove your point is you said messaging 300 people a day. Mm. My generation says calling 300 people a day. So you're, yeah. and, and I feel old, man. Like I, sound like, I, I feel like my granddad's saying this, but um, it's, yeah, it's that. Your generation don't want to pick up the phone and have that awkward, horrible conversation and face rejection and, ring 300 yeah. people to get one little potential client that could be 20 grand's worth of fee um it's yeah. mad but i think we're in a really exciting transitional stage and i'm i feel grateful that we're at the kind of not the front of that curve but i appreciate and our agents and everyone comes into the business like we're hustling we're banging the phones we're following up we're prospecting we are messaging and loom videoing but we're calling as well and that's the mix mm. i'll I think too many, um, too many people think the technology is there to replace the agent because they understand AI and all this mad yeah. stuff. And, you know, ChatGBT, whatever it's called, I sound old now, can't even, <laughs> it can write you an e-guide, but it can't write it in yeah. your tone of voice and that kind of stuff. You know, the hard yards are writing that long 16 crucial questions to ask estate agents interestingly i've got an e one of our most downloaded e-guides is 16 crucial questions to ask estate agents um and i asked chat gbt gpt gpt yeah to write me i I was like write me a e-guide on and the questions on it were just so shit it was just surfaced off google yeah compare it to my questions in my guide at real life good advice just quite interesting i mean we need to be aware of it, but someone moving house, what the tech doesn't have is empathy 
And so, yeah. yet, so when Mr. and Mrs. Smith, they've got a couple of kids, life's really busy, they just yeah. want someone into the phone advising them of the next steps, you know, don't panic, you know, let's not WhatsApp on this situation, let's jump on a call and talk it over, even better, I'll jump in the car, we'll pop around tonight and, and we'll go through it together, like, just proper old school service. And do you think, sort of, my generation or the generation before you, um, after you, sorry, is sort of missing that human element. They think everything's really simple and dead easy and streamlined until they actually try and do it, and it's just not. Yeah, look, there's pros and cons of everything. But the estate agency, since the day it was invented, and, and it will always be, is the word agent is acting on behalf of somebody else. You need to be an extension yeah. of somebody. Um, you look at Purple Bricks and stuff, they've spent millions and millions and millions building this platform, which is pretty much self-service on the whole. Great piece of tech. Look how yeah. that went. Like they're pivoting their business model to more of a more of a service-based, success-based kind of model. Um, so yeah, it is there's loads, you know, that there's that there's loads that your generation and it worries me because I feel like I'm old now, 35 years old. So, you know, the young, young guns, 21, 22, 23 they're going to yeah. kill it from a social media perspective. I, I don't doubt it. Um, but it's whether they've got the skills and technical ability to just actually be a really good estate agent because TikTok and Facebook ain't going to get the sale through solicitor progression and all the problems that's going to arise and great from a client acquisition perspective, but maybe not so yeah. great for getting money in the bank perspective. Yeah, 100%. And it's funny you sort of mentioned earlier about you know, touching base with a vendor three, four, five times, you know, phone calls, uh, phone calls, emails, link videos. A lot of people that I've spoken to have a sort of resistance to that in terms of, oh, they don't want to piss people off. They don't want to annoy people. They don't want to get in front of too many people because I'll follow them, dislike them. What's your take on the follow-up and getting in front of people consistently? Because, as I said, a lot of people resist it. Um, yeah, I think it's it's i could call someone every day for a week and not piss them off because it's what you're saying and how you're doing it why you're doing it like if i've just met a potential client and i want to touch them or follow up every day for a week yeah if i'm like hey john are we going to go ahead and sell your house hey john we're gonna every day you're gonna piss them off yeah. On Monday, you're like, hey, John, just checking to make sure you've got my proposal through. I'll say you've opened it. Got any questions? On a Tuesday, if you're like, hey, John, just seen this house in Devon that's come on the market last night. You mentioned you're looking to move to Devon. Is this the kind of thing you're looking for? Wednesday, mm. it could be, hey, John, just look, I know you've got a lot going on at the minute, but I just want to let you know I've just agreed to sell on this house at five grand over asking. How are things progress with yeah. you? Hey, John, next day, just seen this house in Devon. Saw this and thought of you. Um, like there's there's you have to follow up but how and what you how you follow up and what you say is is, is a yeah. crucial part and i've got two rules about that it's reason and relevance so mm. what's your reason for reaching out to them and why is it relevant yeah. to them so in a sense it's providing value yeah always yeah yeah yeah, value. yeah. okay and obviously you being the of how we spoke being one of the top three percent of agents in the uk why are you guys different why are we different? Mm. so fundamentally it comes to a net promoter score 
clients really love dealing with us. I'm a in, I'm a metric data freak geek, whatever you want to say, how call it like. And and again, this comes back to marketing. There's no point in getting more clients if you're not looking if you're not looking after your existing ones. So yeah. I'm a massive fan of Net Promoter Score. Um, there's, there's a lot of internal metrics that you need to um, monitor. And I think your net promoter score is one of the most important ones. Um, before you spend money on marketing, you've got to be looking at um, in, your internal marketing. Um, yeah. How many buyers, you know, whether it's, you know, social is important, but then you've got, you've got organic social, you've got paid social. There's like a whole layer of, um, I'm a big fan at the minute of, organic social you probably tell um absolutely because i think it compounds more than a facebook ad that when it turns off the leads stop coming in but it compounds over time it's always out there um and as long as it's the right kind of message and that's really important is before you embark on your content strategy yeah you've got to ask yourself not what do I want to put out there? It's more, what do I want people to think or feel when they're consuming my content? Mine was always, I want people to think, they can think this guy's a right dick, but oh my God, the advice he's sharing is freaking amazing. So mine is always advice-led, strategic advice to sell your house for the best price. That's... yeah pretty much everything that i'll cover and do you do you encourage your own agents to you know, build their personal brands and start posting how what do you so an agent comes on with with you guys what do you recommend they do first second third what does that strategy look like so they literally just just get a copy and read through my um personal profile content strategy yeah yeah copy it really but it takes time and commitment and consistency and some people you know content can hasn't got to be video yeah um one of our agents loves writing long form posts um and it's still putting out great advice they want to build up to doing more video um but yeah uh, content's crucial but not the priority as i said before it is part of the priority list but not the be on end all get your house in order first that your conversion rates and stuff like that are at an acceptable level before spending time and money you know i've got a full-time creative manager that does everything creates everything posts everything i just turn the camera on and record a bit and then i've got nothing else to do with it but and that costs me time in creating but also money in his time yeah but even if you haven't got that then it's still time taken away from another activity and you shouldn't be creating content the only activity you should be doing is getting your conversion rate to acceptable levels and then create content to bring in more things to potentially convert yeah absolutely and with with those sort of foundational pieces for agents who are sort of getting started or you know they don't have their pipeline where they want it to be or their business isn't at the stage they want it to be but on sort of a practical level, what would you recommend to agents who are struggling with the pipeline, struggling to get instructions on a day-to-day basis? How many you know people should they be reaching out to? Should they be calling? Should they be you know, door knocking on a daily basis? So, you know, underperformance 
pretty much comes back to um, they haven't been doing the things they need to do when they need to do it. Mm. So that pretty much comes back to a brutally disciplined and structured, what we call like your kind of power week. I'm just lucky that my yeah. name's power. But um, <laughs> but it's like I'm a big fan myself of the 80-20 rule, but the whole day having a focus. So Monday through to Saturday has got a clear focus theme. So Monday's client contact, Tuesday, Wednesday, <clears throat> Thursday's client appointments, Friday is prospecting, Saturday generally rest if yeah. you've had a brutal week or appointments. So what tends to happen is when I see, even in our own business, that performance has dropped, it's because they've the lot I look in their calendar and the last four Fridays they've been running around like blue eyes flies doing appointments because they haven't been able to keep their structure on the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Or if you've got clients whinging on a Monday, you know, clients saying, look, I've not heard from my agent. It's usually because I look at their diary on a Monday when I should be updating their clients with in-depth marketing reviews. Um, they've been out on appointments or they're, you know, got the gym in the afternoon on the Monday. So it ultimately comes back to the structure, the discipline of what you're doing and when, but being... Yeah. It's a structure, but then being disciplined to follow through on it. So I play tennis once a week. That's in my week. I, I drop my kids to school three days a week. I do yoga once a week. I've got date night with the wife once a month. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> They'll say we should be doing it once a week. Um, and then it's Friday. Is in my content day. So this Friday, Steph and I, one of our agents, are going to do a Facebook Live. She just agreed this month. 4.3 million pounds of property sales in January. So we're wow. going to put some content out on um, her talking through how to navigate this challenging market. Um, if you're a seller and what she's done to agree all those sales. So yeah, just get organized. That's been in the diary for three weeks. Like we're just really organized. Yeah. So sort of having at the same time, that core focus, like, Try not to do too many things at the same time. Just Definitely. have one clear focus on, on each sort of day. And I'm a massive fan. Say you're underperforming on your advice meetings, all right? Your appraisal generation, your valuation creation, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. I'm a massive fan of the focus free. So for me, my focus really is organic content creation, um, buyer conversion. So buyers who have inquired about houses that I'm selling into yeah. advice meetings for their house and recommendation. So every every Friday on my so I've I've got what and people can download this as well by the way, um, but we've got our kind of power planner. And it comes back <laughs> to structure, discipline, focus, and consistency. Any one of those things missing and ain't gonna happen. Um, but on a Friday, wow. I will pre-write out my, on Monday. So the first part of Monday is to plan my week. So we know Friday's prospecting day, but that's not good enough. I want to write down on Monday what I'm doing on a Friday, what three things I'm doing from a prospecting output perspective. And it might be ringing all my buyers and sellers from that month last year, you know, from February last year. That's a really important yeah. thing to do. No one wants to do it, but they also don't want to be charging half a percent. So make your choice. They win, they can't get their fees up. But your best, highest fee and conversion rate is going to come from recommendation. So what are you doing to maximize recommendation? Um, when I ask them that, they're like, well, you know, I'm just giving a good service. I'm like, that's not good enough. 
You need a, yeah. a repeatable, scalable, systemizable, predictable way. If you ring mm. 50 buyers and sellers, I guarantee they know someone who's thinking of moving house or currently on the market. And they'll be currently on the market because you dropped the ball last month when you were supposed to call them to introduce yourself and ask them, do you happen to know anyone that would benefit from my services right now? Um, so yeah, structure and discipline. Well, not just sticking sound on Facebook and keep scrolling. I think distractions is really important as well. Um, yeah. I purposely don't post my own content because I don't want to waste my time scrolling my Facebook feed. Social media. I, I check once a day um, in the morning and then it's closed. My phone's on do not disturb all day long. I block my call returns at a certain time of day. Um, yeah, brutal. But that's important because I've got loads of clients that are relying on me not to scroll through Facebook endlessly for two hours on a Wednesday yeah. afternoon. And a big, a big thing that obviously when I speak to agents on a daily basis, they sort of tell me that an issue they have is the competition who are all of a sudden race to the bottom. As you said earlier, agents charging 0.5%. How, how should an agent get over that? So they go to an evaluation, obviously they've had three or four different agents out or charging a one, one and a half. And then there's one agent who charges a ridiculously low fee. How do you get over that objection in terms of you know, speaking with the vendor? Be the one that charges a ridiculously high fee. Oh, really? Don't be one percent in a wave of one percent. Be two percent in a wave of one percent. Well, is that because people associate sort of the the value with price? Yeah, I mean, look, you got forget. Here's the first one. Forget what everyone's doing. Mm. I've got agents in this town doing half a percent, and I've just taken a house on at two percent. Like, well, and someone said the client said to me, "Can you, you know, they're doing half a percent," and I'm like, "Well, cool." But, you know, my actual reply was, really? Another client that comes to me recently, they offered them 0.25%. 0.25. So, yeah, just forget forget what everyone's doing. You ain't got any competition. Your only competition, and, I gen- you know, it's a cliche, but I genuinely, genuinely believe it, like mm. to the point that, um, you know, agents in my patch, I've sent a copy of our 11-step plan so they can copy it and write their own version because it's the content within it that I want people to consume, not necessarily has to be from me. So it's cliche, but the only competition is yourself getting from 20% conversion to 30%, to 40%, to 50%. And trust me, dropping your fee by down to half percent won't improve it. Really? It might a bit, but it's going to increase your headache. Um, I would rather have... 10 clients at 2% that are motivated to sell than 20 at 1%. Mm. Or Interesting. Uh, 40 at half a percent. Like, I ain't yeah. the high and, and get better at getting it. You know, don't, don't, it's, it's just a, accept that you're going to lose 25% of properties that go to market. Accept it. So if you're, if you're, Working on the conversion rates that I believe people should, if you see 100 potential sellers or appraisals, clients, whatever, like in their living room, you're going to win 50 because you're at 50% conversion. You're going to lose 25 because they're going to go to other agents and 25% ain't going to be moving. Thanks, I'm going to stay and extend my house. Thanks for your time. But that 25% you lose, you've just not won it yet. You've not lost it. 
So you, you really need to change your mindset around, oh, I lost that. I'm like, you ain't, you've just not won it yet. Because 50% of that 25% that you've lost ain't going to sell with that estate agent. So you're going to make sure you're the one they come back to at 2%, yep. more motivated, not that stupid price that they got advised by that estate agent for half a percent, and then you're yep. going to sell it. So it really is a case of playing your own game, having your own strategy, your own plan, mm. not worrying what everyone else is doing. Yeah. So in terms of like speaking with vendors, it's sort of putting yourself on a pedestal. You are the price, like you're the agent that they should go with. You're the one giving the good advice and you're worth your fee, essentially, and believing that. So I think a lot of agents have this sort of self-limiting belief where they can't charge this much because of X, Y, Z factor, because of competition, because of this. So it's sort of ignoring all of your competition, ignore what everyone's doing. And yeah, make sure focus on you, man. When I say to people, what's the one thing that you're better than anybody in the entire mm. world at? Yeah. And they're like, don't know. I'm like, well, you need to know. Because if you don't, if you don't know, how are they going to? Thunder's not going to know. Like, I'm not. And so, so for me, it's negotiation, right? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm completely, very few people can out negotiate me, right? But it ain't got to be that. It might be I'm world class at doing property viewings or showings. Like, yeah. get, find the one thing that you don't doubt yourself about. And you can honestly say and be challenged on it and not not buckle. Um, and I can prove that because my average percentage of asking price negotiated from initial offer to sale agreed is 6.7%. Now, interestingly, because I track it, but most agents haven't got a clue. When I ask them, what's your percentage in, from you know initial offer to sale agreed percentage increase? They're like, oh, I don't know. It's like, well you can't convey your value then. And it yeah. makes it easy for me to go in and say, no, look, John, I totally appreciate that it's half a percent. Just bear in mind the cheapest agent is one that gives you the highest price for your house, not the one that offers you the lowest fee. Out of interest, what's that agent's percentage of asking price achieved, firstly? And they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, well, I can tell you. This is 96%. And what's that agent's initial offer to sale agreed increase percentage? And he's like, well, he didn't tell me that. I'm like, it's because I don't track it because I don't care about it. And so it's not going to get you the best outcome. So, you know, uh, it's just being confident to the point of not arrogant, but knowing that you're fucking good at what you do. You're on the ball. You know all your numbers. You know exactly yeah, the prove it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I track it because I want to put it in the living room. I want to show them. And because I, mm. in, in our business, they're called advice meetings. They're not called evaluations or appraisals. Yeah. It's an advice meeting. When you go into it with that mindset rather than evaluation, yeah. the biggest bugbear of mine is estate agents call it evaluation. Hey, John, can I come around and give you evaluation? And mm. then they bitch when they lose it to a higher valuation. They've already pre-framed the client to choose on valuation because they've called it evaluation. Not advice. And so I go in, it's like, look, John, I'm not here to tell you what it has is worth, mate. I ain't got a clue because I ain't buying it. The only person who can tell you what it's worth is someone who wants to buy it or get a chartered surveyor in. I'm not even legally allowed to call it evaluation by law. I can only call it a market appraisal. The only people that can call it evaluation are chartered surveyors. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to talk you through how to get the best price from the market and tell you where your house should fit in the market. And I'll tell you what I think you could look, expect to achieve, but I'm not going to give you evaluation. And so it's... um. 
interesting when you switch it from evaluation to an advice meeting. Yeah, so it's a different perspective and you're literally going around, to, you're not expecting anything. You're not, you know, you've got that detachment. You're there to provide value, to tell them how they should do this and, you know, to move on to the next stage of their life, essentially. It's a part of my appraisal structure. Everything's obviously planned out mm. and I've got a structure and it sticks to this and that. And, and at the end of it, I always leave on, look, whatever you decide, Mr. Smith, I mean, to give you three bits of advice that are really important, make sure you don't sign a long 12, 24, 28 week contract. Um, make sure that when you're speaking to agents, you mystery shop them, you inquire about a house that they're selling and you wait to see how long it takes to respond. You'll be shocked and surprised at the average time for it to respond is three days. Um, and really, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's average. Well, I don't, I don't Some agents don't even respond to, to a right move inquiry. Well, that's that's shocking. Mm. Yeah, so I think that's that's a valuable piece of advice to any buyers that are potentially watching. Obviously, exactly what you said, do the mystery shop. Make sure you know exactly who you're signing up with. Yeah. Don't listen to what they say in the living room. Actually experience it for yourself. I was on a podcast last night, funny enough, well, a, a TikTok live with somebody, and yeah, um, yeah. it was really interesting because it blew his mind. I once went in when I... Before I set up how bespoke, and I was working for a rather large national agency. I was, I was like the, what was I now? I was a 21, 22 year old that was sent into the struggling yeah. offices to to put some energy through the office. And I went in to run this office that was that was struggling, and yeah, they had a team of two negotiators. And I was mm. like, guys, it's ten o'clock, man, and, and and the inbox has still got loads of inquiries in it from Rightmove and stuff. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah look, if they're serious, they'll call us. And I was like fuck this is what mm-hmm. i'm doing so they soon moved on i got them moving on as you can imagine but that is the mentality of some people you know no no we don't do even the weekend viewings because if they're serious they'll make time it's like dude i've got four kids trust me i ain't viewing a house at four in the afternoon like i'm only viewing a house late in the evening or sunday like so as a business we've set up to make sure that we can so our whole proposition I think it's really important to get clear on who you serve we don't want to deal with it. anyone that's got a house to sell that's not yeah. our bag. we only serve people that are busy so that might sound crazy but if you're at home and you've got all the time in the world to do your own viewings muck about with your purple bricks portal and speak to the buyer directly yourself and negotiate and you want to negotiate the house out yourself that's fine there's no point in talking to us if you're time poor you appreciate expertise, you want it kind of done for you and you pay for convenience, that's us. Yeah. Well, okay. Right. So I've got a final question for you, Perry. Now, yeah. you've, <laughs> you've come to, you know, you've come to the end of your life, okay? 80, 90 years old. Um, you can't obviously take any possessions with you, none of the materialistic stuff. You have to leave just one piece of advice for your children, grandchildren, at the end of your life, what would that piece of advice be? Um, um, be a doer, not a teller. Or mm. be a doer, not a sayer. A lot of people say a lot of things. Yeah. But very few do much. Mm. I think so it's... Um, people always ask me, like, how, why do you share so much that other agents can copy? It's like, because most of them won't really simple most of them they just won't do it because it's too easy to do stuff how they've always done it 
well. So literally just keep your mouth shut and do the work. Yeah, I mean, open your mouth by all means. Like be be yeah, be, of a, be opinionated, but just do what you can what you say. And that comes back to everything and anything. Too many agents say I'm going to call you tomorrow at ten, and they don't call tomorrow at ten. Like, don't say you're going to call them then. There's no need to say I'll call you when I've got your news. My biggest bugbear is stuff like that with day-to-day operations. Like, yeah. don't say it. There's no need to say it. The client didn't say when you're going to call me, but you said I'll chase them up and call you at ten o'clock tomorrow, or I'll call you in the morning, and you never call. Yeah, I take the onus off me and say I'm going to follow them up, and I'll give you, and I'll let you know as soon as I've got any news. If, if I don't call the seller again, that means I've got no news. Well, Perry, look, it's been a pleasure having you on Prop Sessions. Um, okay. I think you've shared a lot, a lot of value, and I think agents are going to take a lot from the, the things you've shared today. So. Uh, Jess, it's, it's been a pleasure. And thanks, mate. You take care. No worries. Cheers.